0: Hope your weekend is off to an early and fantastic start. We have some fun in store for you today on the world's most popular sports radio platform ever invented. As we like to say, we are halfway to Margaritaville on this Friday afternoon as we come at you live in almost 300 North Carolina cities and towns. It is free for all Friday. We have a lot to discuss. And for the most part, we are following your lead. What does that mean? Monday through Thursday, it's our Hall of Fame coaches and athletes and media members and assorted celebrities as phone guests are in studio. Our crazy rants and musings, and yes, you'll get more of those today. But every Friday, since we've gotten complaints for a decade that it's so hard to get in by phone since we went statewide and syndicated, We created free-for-all Friday to allow for more of your participation. You get to pick the topics. It can be a question. It can be a comment. It can be a complaint. It can be a prediction. Whatever's burning a hole in your sports soul, what we've brought to the table includes the NFL. Week 14, Bears over Cowboys last night, Thursday night football style. The Panthers, of course, don't have a full-time head coach. Perry Fuel will lead Carolina to Atlanta, where Dan Quinn may be among the walking dead in the NFL coaching ranks. Ron Rivera is taking a month off after getting fired by the Panthers. Will he jump back in in 2020? Maybe with another franchise that is making a change. Dallas and Dallas is expected to, unless Jason Garrett shocks the world and wins the Super Bowl. Washington and Carolina, of course, also already have vacancies. Maybe Jacksonville, maybe the Giants, maybe the Falcons, maybe Cleveland, maybe Detroit. The coaching carousel spins in both the NFL and college football ranks. We will get to conference championship week where a lot of teams, seven especially, have possible paths to those four playoff spots. Ohio State gets Wisconsin as the Buckeyes try to stay unbeaten in that Big Ten title game. Of course, with a win, Ohio State advances to the Final Four. With a loss, maybe not, probably not. LSU gets Georgia in the SEC title game. With a win, the Tigers move into the Final Four. With a loss, maybe, maybe not. Clemson gets UVA in Charlotte. We'll be there with the Big Tailgate Tour. It is the final spot Stop, rather, on our 2019 edition of the Big Tailgate Tour driven by Continental Tire. If you are in the Queen City, come see us by the residence in Uptown, a short walk from Bank of America Stadium. We look forward to watching the Cavaliers of UVA take on Dabo Sweeney and the Clemson Tigers. It is the first ever trip for UVA to the ACC title game. The Tigers not only are there a lot, they win a lot. Dabo is seeking ACC title number six overall, and it would be number five in a row for that super heavyweight program of the ACC. Of course, if Clemson wins, as expected, the Tigers get into the Final Four again. That would be five years in a row for the Tigers. As one of the four still standing. UVA, a long, long shot. If somehow some way they were to spring the upset, Clemson likely would not be in as a 12 and one representative. Remember, unless you're a power five champion, You have to meet a different standard to get in. That other team must be unequivocally better than the top four that the committee is considering. If you're a Power Five conference champion, you have that extra important label on you that if Ohio State, LSU, or Clemson falls this weekend, unexpectedly in two cases, LSU-Georgia to me is a much closer call, you don't have that conference title label, you're probably going to need some help to get in. We have not yet had a team that lost in its conference title game get into the Final Four anyway. That has not yet happened, just like there's never been a two-loss resume that got a bid. Someday, one or both of those rules will be pushed off to the side, but to this point, I think they're good indicators of how things are likely to fall. Number four, Georgia is atop the one-loss resumes as they take on LSU. LSU. Utah at 11-1 will face by far its toughest opponent. That is tonight. The Oregon Ducks take on the Utes of Utah in the Pac-12 title game. If Utah wins... It may be in, but it might come down to splicing and dicing resumes by the committee over the weekend. If Oregon wins, the Pac-12 is going to be out of this Final Four this year. 11-1 and Oklahoma and 11-1 and Baylor are the other two one-loss resumes still worth monitoring in the national title picture. Of course, they play each other in the Big 12 title game. If you lose, you're out between Baylor and Oklahoma. It's not safe to say if you win, you're in especially for the Bears. Got to watch a lot of dominoes and how they fall as we look forward to the sixth edition of the college football playoff. College basketball is on our mind. Louisville, Duke, and NC State were among those who posted quality wins on the ACC side of the ledger in that ACC Big Ten Challenge this week. The Wolfpack goes to Wake Forest tomorrow. Duke visits Virginia Tech tonight. The Blue Devils, have they're the only team in a 15-team league that has not yet played a conference game. So those freshmen at Duke will get their first taste of not only ACC basketball, but ACC basketball on the road. The Blue Devils visit surprising Virginia Tech. That game is tonight on the ACC network. So you get Devils Hokies tonight, State Wake tomorrow afternoon, also on the ACC network. And then Sunday, the highlight is UNC at UVA also on the ACC network. Both teams are ranked in the national top 10 and have been for most of the season. Both teams got crushed in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. The the Tar Heels annihilated by the Buckeyes at the Smith Center. UVA got crushed at Purdue. So both of them, while talented and well-coached, Both UVA and UNC have major questions offensively right now. We'll see how the pieces come together as they face each other head-to-head at John Paul Jones Arena up in Charlottesville on Sunday afternoon. So it's a great weekend for college basketball, an incredibly important weekend in college football, of course. If you're an NFL fan, of maybe you still care about the Panthers as they go to Atlanta, maybe not. Maybe you're watching the coaching carousel even more closely. As we go, and aren't they smart listeners, they jump in early. Tyler in the triangle wants in. Kenny is in Burlington and wants in. Questions, comments, complaints. NFL fans have a potpourri, good SAT word, of options on Sunday. How about Ravens at Bills? That's 10-2 and Baltimore with Lamar Jackson, the leading candidate for MVP against Sean McDermott's Buffalo defense, which is top five in the NFL. That's a heck of a matchup, as McDermott actually has the Bills, who rarely make the playoffs, poised to make it for the second time in three years. That's your former Panthers defensive coordinator, Sean McDermott, doing better things lately there than Ron Rivera managed in Charlotte over the last couple of years. San Francisco is at New Orleans. You could have your own power rankings, whatever they are. If they're not two of the top five teams in your NFL power rankings, you're looking at a different league than I am. The 10-2 and two Niners visit the 10-2 and two Saints Sunday afternoon. Kansas City goes to New England. That is last year's MVP, Patrick Mahomes, against a Patriots defense that is allowing an NFL best 12 points per game. When these two got together last year, remember, two close games, but in the AFC title game in Kansas City, it was the Patriots over the Chiefs in a nail biter in overtime, even though KC is only 8 and 4 to the Patriots 10 and 2. I think Kansas City should still be considered now that Mahomes is back one of the serious contenders on that side of the bracket. Fourth and finally, 10 and 2 Seattle visits the 7 and 5 LA Rams. Remember when they played each other earlier this year? Week five it was, final score, Seahawks 30, Rams 29. That was in part because the Rams' outstanding kicker, Greg Zerline, missed a potential game winner in the final seconds. Those two usually play close games. Guys we know well will be key figures. The Seahawks, who have won eight of their last nine, will be led by MVP candidate Russell Wilson, formerly of the whole pack of Badgers. And the Rams have finally figured out that Todd Gurley, product of the great state of North Carolina, is still a heck of a running back. He's finally getting his 20 to 25 carries each week again. Sean McVay, the Rams' coach, said that's the change. That change reflects the idea that I'm not being an idiot anymore. That was Sean McVay's answer to the question of why Gurley went from not getting as many carries as expected to once again being that workhorse for the Rams, who at 7-5 and five need a win to stay in a tricky NFC playoff picture. More on the NFL from our perspective and yours. College football, college basketball, the NBA. Soccer fans have something to be excited about. With the MLS getting giving an expansion franchise to Charlotte, North Carolina, that is not yet official from MLS headquarters but Major League Soccer is coming to our state largely because of the deep pockets of Panthers owner David Tepper. He will be the owner of that new MLS franchise as well. That announcement is expected in the coming weeks. The boxing world offers a heavyweight championship boxing match between Andy Ruiz Jr. and Anthony Joshua. It happens to be the first heavyweight boxing match ever held in the Middle East. In that case, it'll be Saudi Arabia tomorrow afternoon. Baseball fans... Have a lot to be excited about as free agent signees come at us left and right. Golf fans get Tiger Woods and Captain America Patrick Reed playing in a star-studded field in the Bahamas as we speak. They also get those same two guys and others a week from yesterday as the President's Cup begins. USA against a team of internationals. That will be in Australia. Great match play concept underway again. My favorite thing in the golf world, Ryder Cup especially, but President's Cup as well. We were at the Canes game last night. Canes, a thrilling nasty bad blood 3-2 3-2 shootout win over the San Jose Sharks. Peter Mrazik in net, 19-year-old rising superstar Andre Svechnikov in regulation and with the shootout winner, Jake Gardner, who had been struggling on defense for the Canes, got a big lift with a big goal as well. Hayes Permar, Brian Geisinger, Mark Carroll, three guys who have been a huge part of the David Glenn Show and or the ACC Sports Journal and accsports.com were my guests in row two yesterday as PNC Arena was rocking last night. We had a lot of fun before and during that game. Canes host Eric Stahl in the Minnesota Wild tomorrow night at PNC Arena before they go on a two-week-long five-game road trip. So if you want to see the Canes in the next two weeks, tomorrow night is your one and only opportunity to do so before they have a whole bunch of home games in late December and early January. Minnesota at Carolina tomorrow night at PNC Arena. It is not quite a sellout yet. But if you are thinking of going, you might want to dial, it, dial them up right now and get those tickets because uh, the, the tickets are dwindling. I know that as we're sending a whole bunch of DG Show listeners to that matchup as well. Jonathan Jones will drop by now with CBS Sports. He'll be our NFL guest of the day. West Durham will drop by from the ACC Network. He's also the voice of the Atlanta Falcons of the NFL. So a little bit of football with West Durham, maybe some other things. A lot of football with Jonathan Jones. And otherwise, beyond those two guests, it's what I've brought to the table on those sports that I mentioned, and it's you leading the way with your questions, comments, and complaints. 1-800-849-2761. Tyler wants in from the Triangle. Kenny wants in from the Triad. You can join us from Asheville or Boone or elsewhere in the mountains, from Charlotte or Fayetteville or Wilmington or Raleigh or the other big cities in our midst. From Greenville or other places to our east, you can be next with your question or comment. As long as it has to do with sports or this show, or a combination of those things. And yes, life and sports overlap, even occasionally politics and sports overlap. Even yesterday, racial and social justice issues and sports overlapped as long as it's connected to sports in some way or this show in some way or both it is fair game for your question comment or complaint I've got a lot to get to on the week that was and the weekend to come we're following your lead on the other side guests later your calls now 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket in to the David Glenn show Background Brown of the University of North Carolina. We got to win now. Let's don't start looking at rebuilding. Let's don't talk about how bad we are. Let's don't talk about we're not better than anybody. Let's figure out how to win. And that's what we've done. And, and the Coastal, because it's been up in the air every year, why shouldn't we have a chance? Keep it dialed in to the David Glenn Show. He keeps going one-on-one tackle missed touchdown Trubisky what a night for number 10 Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. The arrow is pointing up for former UNC star Mitch Trubisky and the Bears, although it's still going to be an uphill battle for Chicago to make the playoffs as an NFC Wild Card. That side of the bracket, I mean, if you're the Eagles or the Cowboys, you can try to get in by winning the NFC East, which doesn't have any good teams. Dallas falls to 6-7 and seven, but can still win the NFC East despite a lousy record. The Bears improved to 7-6, and six, but have almost no way of getting in. The heavyweight battles await on Sunday. Baltimore at Buffalo, San Fran at New Orleans, KC at New England, Seattle at the L.A. Rams. You can jump in with your question or comment. We have a lot of college football on our mind. Not only those national matchups that I mentioned, of course, but Conference Championship Week also includes right here in our backyard, Boone, North Carolina, Kid Brewer Stadium. 11-1 and App State goes for a fourth straight Sun Belt Championship. They host 10-2 Louisiana, which is another really good team from that league. It would, of course, be the first Sun Belt title under Eli Drinkwitz. Why? Because he's the first-year coach of the Mountaineers. Scott Satterfield, this year's ACC Coach of the Year with Louisville, was the guy who built this version of that App State monster. Credit to Eli Drinkwitz and the new staff for cashing it in all the way to 11-1, and we'll see tomorrow perhaps another Sun Belt Championship game and maybe even a very desirable bowl game 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program Tyler has the NFL and David Tepper and the coaching carousel on his mind Philip in Winston Salem wants in Gary and Adrian and Kenny also want to ask a question Post a prediction or offer a comment or prognostication. 1-800-849-2761 is how you can do that. Let me try Tyler in the triangle. You're next up on the David Glenn Show. Welcome to Free For All Friday.
1: What's up, DG? How are you, buddy?
0: I'm doing great. What's on your mind?
1: I was just talking about David Tepper with a friend of mine, and I had this uh, hypothetical fantasy on the before the year even started that Perhaps uh, Mike Tomlin would have a bad year in Pittsburgh, and then he would be on the carousel. Yeah. And I just kind of—it it, turns out he's going to end up probably winning Coach of the Year for turning things around in Pittsburgh. And I guess, uh, I guess, if I were to have a question, is there any chance that Mike Tomlin and David Tepper have some sort of relationship that could bond them together?
0: Well, there's no doubt they know each other well, given David Tepper's time as a minority owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know if Mike Tomlin, who I agree, has done one of the best jobs coaching in this year's NFL. Uh, Turmoil all over that depth chart, no big bend at quarterback, et cetera, and yet there they are in playoff contention. I'll actually be surprised if the Steelers do make the playoffs with all due respect to what they have accomplished with, like, second- and third-string quarterbacks uh, and other complications – But the bottom line answer to your question would include, yes, you can actually trade for coaches in the National Football League. That is allowed. Doesn't happen very often, but it is within the rules. It is important to note that, A, Mike Tomlin, if you were on an expiring contract, that would be one thing, right? You wouldn't even need to trade for him. He is under a contract that takes him all the way through 2021. Now, does that mean no coach can move because he's under contract a couple years into the future? No. You can trade for him, and it has happened over the years, but the Steelers have to be as excited and happy about Mike Tomlin now, given how he's led them through this adversity. Why would, you know, it gets back to our it takes two to tango phrase from earlier this week. Would David Tepper theoretically be interested in Mike Tomlin? Yes. Would Mike Tomlin be available? Probably not. And why would the Steelers trade away a guy that's led them to great heights and, as you said, has done another good job this year? So, David Tepper, in all likelihood, my best advice to folks who are going to be following this stuff It is probably going to be an NFL coach, not a college coach. You know, get those Dabo Sweeney thoughts out of your mind. Get probably the Lincoln Riley thoughts out of your mind as well. If the Oklahoma Sooners coach jumps to the NFL, it would probably be with the Dallas Cowboys where he has a personal relationship with the owner, Jerry Jones. I don't think it's going to be a college guy unless it's a college coach that's previously been in the NFL as an assistant. So put that off to the side in all likelihood, is going to be a current assistant coach. Now, we can just throw as many names out there as we want, and it's kind of meaningless at this point because David Tepper is just getting started with his search. But Greg Roman of the Baltimore Ravens, right? Kevin Stefanski of the... Uh, Minnesota Vikings, Uh, an unemployed guy like Mike McCarthy, who took the Packers to nine playoff trips and one Super Bowl title during his time in Green Bay. You can talk to him today or yesterday or tomorrow. He's not employed or under contract with anyone. Uh, But in all likelihood, David Tepper actually stated that he leans offense over defense, he leans NFL background over college background, but David Tepper also said, I'm not shutting doors on any category or any person. You know, he's a, an open-minded kind of guy. Your, your hypothetical is fun. Wouldn't it be cool to see Mike Tomlin as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers? I respect the guy a lot for his body of work. The reality of it is that it is extremely unlikely to happen Uh, certainly as David Tepper has this vacancy this time. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. Let's go to Kenny in Burlington. Welcome to Free For All Friday. Go right ahead.
1: Yes, hi. I want to say that I really enjoy your show, and I really want to compliment you on your show yesterday, Uh, especially within the last hour when the caller tried to interject some racial misconceptions into the uh, quarterback position. Yeah. And I have to say, I really love it when you try to educate the small minded, uninformed, culturally uneducated individuals. I appreciate you, I love sports. Yeah. Go ahead. But I appreciate it that you use the sports medium to try to make a social difference. And do me a favor never change and keep maintaining your integrity. And that's that what, why I listen to your show, and that's what makes it the great show that it is.
0: Thank you very much. I can guarantee one thing I ain't changing. Uh, I'm at a stage of life where when I know what I'm talking about, I don't back down from anybody in any circumstance, and I never will. I've got enough money that I don't have to be afraid of anybody who's mad at me. There's not even the people who sign my paychecks or the sponsors or the affiliates or anybody else. And most of them, of course, know that my track record for being fair, for being accurate, for being knowledgeable about matters when social injustice or racial injustice intersect with the sports world Uh, I'm proud of my track record along those lines, and I think it's just such an important matter in sports and beyond sports that we need more examples of people who know what the heck they're talking about, speaking up about it, and challenging people who say ignorant and sometimes racist or bigoted things. So, you know, trust me. My family knows who I am. My best friends for 40 years know who I am. My loyal listeners know who I am. That part of me ain't ever going to change, period. And the bottom line is people get upset sometimes because they don't want to hear things that don't make them feel warm and fuzzy inside. Sometimes the truth hurts, but I don't believe that I was put on this earth to make racist, bigoted people feel better about themselves. And if I can challenge some people to change their way of thinking and I get those emails all the time, I can certainly live with whoever's, you know, taking shots at me on social media or calling me the devil incarnate I I just really don't care I was born with thick skin and it's gotten even thicker and if I can help make a difference in the way that you and many many others appreciate I don't mind being the javelin catcher along the way 1-800-849-2761 as I often say people can die racist and ignorant if they want and many people live in places where their preacher may be teaching them backward stuff. Their mom or dad or grandma or grandma may be passing down racism and bigotry from generation to generation. Uh, I'm just not wired in a way that I can passively accept that uh, as I host a show in a state where not long ago, people in the numbers of the thousands, when they disagree with people who look like them, you know, maybe white, maybe Christian, they argue ideas and when they disagree with somebody whose skin color may be different than theirs, they start chanting, send them back, like an angry mob. An angry, ignorant, racist, bigoted mob. That's exactly what they were, period. And I've never heard an intelligent argument to suggest otherwise. Doesn't mean every person there chanted that and said that, but those who did, I mean, if, if nobody in your world has told you that that's patently racist and bigoted, Oh, yeah, disagree with the white people and argue ideas. But if they're just as American as you are, but they look different than you or they have a different religion, just start chanting, send them back. I, I can't sleep at night if I don't call out that sort of racism and bigotry in sports or in North Carolina or otherwise, and I damn to you that part of me is never going to change. 1-800-849-2761. Fortunately for us, Darren, we are in year 33 of expansion mode. So however many people there are who are angry and frustrated and taking their lazy, ignorant cheap shots at our assessment of things as life overlaps with sports, the good news for us is there are a lot more people who are jumping on the bandwagon because they're tired of ignorance, they're tired of bigotry, and they like an intelligent discussion of things, such things from time to time. 1-800-849-2761. West Durham live in 90 minutes on the National Football League and some college football and maybe some college hoops as well. He's the voice of the Atlanta Falcons and also, in my eyes, the voice of the ACC. Jonathan Jones joins us on the other side, now with CBS Sports, the senior NFL reporter. We'll talk Panthers more coaching decision and future decisions along those lines along with, of course, the big matchups of the weekend that await us. Jonathan Jones, J.J., joins us next on The David Glenn Show. Mike Lupica, welcome back to The David Glenn Show. Sports used to be called the toy department, and I said, look at the political scene
1: and, and, and tell me that's any more real or, or more serious than what we see. When people say, oh, stick to sports, well, who passed that law?
0: You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Free for All Friday. Fewer guests today, more calls, more of those shortly. You can be next at 1 800 849 2761. Jonathan Jones covers the NFL with distinction. He knows the Carolina Panthers organization inside, outside, upside, downside. Does great work nowadays for CBSSports.com, where he is a senior. NFL reporter, the NFL matchups as we bring in JJ this weekend, remember, are led by Baltimore at Buffalo playoff teams, San Fran at New Orleans, both 10-2, the best record in the NFL as we speak, KC at New England, a rematch of last year's AFC title game, and Seattle at the Rams, LA trying to get back to the postseason, Seattle entering that game with a 10-2 record. Jonathan Jones, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. Uh, It is a great slate for this week. I will be in Foxborough, Massachusetts for Chiefs at Patriots on Sunday afternoon. Excellent. I'm glad you brought that up because
0: that means I can start there. Tom Brady is 42 years old, and the Patriots are allowing an NFL best 12 points per game, which in the modern era is just an insanely low number. They do have to deal with Patrick Mahomes this weekend, of course. But my question really is about the Tom Brady part. I have seen him written off in that battle against Mother Nature or Father Time many times. How do you assess the 42-year-old version of TB12 as his numbers are down, the Patriots' offensive numbers are down, and really he just hasn't looked like himself for a couple months?
1: No, he hasn't looked like himself, and there's no doubt. It It seems like the arm strength of, you know, he was never a flamethrower, but it certainly uh, hasn't been there very much this season. The precision is most certainly off. They are relying even more on the passing game than they ever have before. Um, You know, something like 62 or 3% of their plays are passes. The Patriots are always high on that. And that's their highest in many years. So um, there's a lot of of issues right now with Tom Brady. However, I have seen for the last four or five years uh, a lot of writers, columnists, uh, talking heads in my position on radio shows such as this who say, nope, this is it for Tom Brady and then they are always proven wrong. And so I am not going to say that because I don't want to be that guy.
0: I'm right there with you. Jonathan Jones is joining us on the David Glenn Show. I have felt the urge to press that button in the past. I am glad I have always resisted the TB12 is dead button, and I continue to resist it. Follow Jonathan on Twitter, at jjones9. I saw an interesting fact about the San Francisco at New Orleans matchup only five times in the last 35 years of NFL regular season football have two teams with two or fewer losses met this late in the season. So it's the 10-2 and two Niners at the 10-2 and two Saints. My question to you is, as they both are, of course, among the best in the NFL, wh- whose chances do you feel better about in terms of just chasing the Super Bowl itself because the Saints are more offensively driven, uh, the 49ers clearly more defensively driven, more than who wins on Sunday. What about that longer, uh, bigger picture for the Niners and the Saints?
1: Yeah, even though it is more about more than Sunday, I still think the answer lies in who I think will win on Sunday, and that is the New Orleans Saints. I think that this is a team that is absolutely on a mission. Uh, this is a Niners team that, yes, the defense is good. I think it's going to be good uh, next year and in the year to, years to come. However, I am not completely sold on Jimmy Garoppolo. They have been in, in some very close games. These two losses of theirs, that was at the Seattle game uh, in Santa Clara, the first uh, game that they lost, and, of course, losing to Baltimore. I think the Saints are the better team. I think that they are better equipped uh, into the postseason with Drew Brees and Sean Payton. The only thing that I worry about with the Saints is a little January fatigue from these last two postseasons. Of course, remember the Minnesota Miracles two years ago, and then, of course, what happened in the NFC Championship game last year. I think it really speaks highly to the Saints that they have not hit that wall uh, this season that that, it, that they are tending to sharing the league's best record uh, despite, you know, because it's very easy for a team like that to think, all right, this was, hand, this was taken away from us the last two years, and then they kind of fall asleep at the wheel in 2019. That has absolutely not happened with them, and I like that move forward.
0: To me, Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens is the number one story in the entire National Football League so far this year. Uh, bring us up to date on that story because we remember we, we remember that he fell to the bottom of the first round coming out of Louisville as a Heisman winner. Uh, we remember him starting last season toward the end, but then also losing that playoff game when uh, I think it was the Chargers, you know, brought out a less than best version of Lamar Jackson. But here he is, not only an improved version of himself, I mean, this is crazy, JJ. Uh, I, I hesitate, like you hesitated on the Tom Brady question, you know. You hesitate to say defenses are never going to figure out a way to deal with this version of Lamar Jackson, but put it in perspective for us as, of course, he gets another tough assignment this week. Buffalo at 9-3 and three is led by that Sean McDermott defense, uh, but Lamar Jackson even made enough plays to, to get past a really good San Francisco defense. How do you put his season in perspective of the quarterback position and even modern NFL history?
1: Well, you know, he's the MVP, and unless something drastic happens in these last couple of weeks, unless Russell Wilson just absolutely likes the world on fire these last couple of weeks and Lamar Jackson takes a gigantic step back, he is going to win the MVP. Uh, I don't have a vote, but he would absolutely have my vote for that. In terms of, you know, modern NFL We have certainly, of course, we've seen the dual threat. He's about to break Michael Vick's uh, single-season rushing record, and Michael Vick is the only quarterback in NFL history uh, to rush for over 1,000 yards in a single season. He's about to do it uh, with three games left in the season after this. And then not only that, he's also, because they've been just absolutely boat-racing teams, he's sat out nine possessions throughout the season. Mm. That essentially constitutes an entire game that he hasn't even played. And so that is what he's doing right now. And because he is so uh, accurate in the pocket, which he really worked on this offseason, because obviously he can escape the pocket and still be looking down the field to throw. And then, of course, because he is probably the fastest quarterback since Michael Vick in the NFL, it's really, <laughs> I don't know how you defend it. And so far, very few teams have figured out exactly how.
0: There's, according to one of the analytics websites I follow, in this case, footballoutsiders.com, the DVOA stuff. There's only one NFL team that is top five offensive efficiency, top five defensive efficiency, and top five special teams efficiency. And it is the Baltimore Ravens, of course, uh, John Harbaugh being a special teams guru. Does that make them your number one in the Jonathan Jones power rankings? You know, your best bet to win the whole thing? Uh, or do you think with four weeks to play, it's just you know, a lot more complicated than that because we have a lot longer to go?
1: You no, know, they're getting better every week. I felt that when they beat the Patriots, uh, on that Sunday night game, that was impressive. I, I went up and I saw how they absolutely annihilated Deshaun Watson like he has never been uh, before in professional football, and college football, probably even going back to Pee Wee football. And then, of course, getting that win against San Francisco. But I was in uh, L.A. for the Rams-Ravens game where they absolutely stomped out the Rams as well. And what I get around this team is exactly what I felt in 2015 being a beat writer covering the Carolina Panthers. You, you, You see that chemistry, that bond with these guys. You see an MVP at quarterback and then you start seeing, and, and here's, here's the other thing, let's take it back to 2015 when the Panthers were the, the worst 7-0 team of all time, right? We all remember that. Right. Then they go, up, they go out to Seattle and they get that win, and then they at home against the Packers and they get that win. And at that point, I think they were 9 or 10-0. I said, listen, I'm not betting against this team anymore. Now, now, Once I saw them beat the Patriots, the Texans, the Rams, and now, of course, the 49ers, why is anyone betting against this team? And then you introduce all those advanced statistics when you look at what this defense has done after the addition of of Marcus Peters there midseason season. When you look at the best teams, they are absolutely clicking. Lamar Jackson is not making really any mistakes outside of that one fumble uh, against the 49ers. This is the team to beat in the NFL
0: in the real world. Jonathan, we've all seen divorces in marriage where it feels like in my case, in my experience, uh, watching friends and, and colleagues nine times out of 10, it's hard to describe things as an amicable divorce. My question to you is, of course, about the Panthers. I wouldn't suggest that Ron Rivera didn't feel any pain here. Uh, Even in amicable divorces, there's pain involved. But it seemed like as close to an amicable NFL divorce between David Tepper and Ron Rivera as you can possibly see, where there's a lot of mutual respect in both directions, Ron Rivera's going to land on his feet, and David Tepper's going to get a fresh start. Am I being naive with that view from the outside?
1: No, I don't think so. I think at, at some point this season, it became inevitable. And really, when you go back into training camp, I think we all understood that, that Ron didn't have the longest leash, of course. Remember, he was a Week 17 throwaway win against the Saints and their second team defense away from losing the final eight games of the season. And so Uh, He came into this season. It was going to be difficult. I believe, a lot of people believe that they needed to make the playoffs. I believe they probably had to win a playoff game. I think we're about to see the Dallas Cowboys make it to the playoffs, and then they're going to lose in the playoffs probably at 7-9. and And so that's what I thought going into the season. Obviously, you have the cam injury. You have a lot of Kyle Allen interception luck that happens for the first four games that he was in there, and then the rest of the NFL kind of caught up to him, that luck ran out for him and he came back down to earth and was a quarterback that he is and so once those things started happening the green bay game all right they're still uh, in the hunt but you couldn't lose new orleans you really couldn't lose atlanta and my goodness you cannot lose at home to Dwayne haskins in washington and so at that point i do understand david tepper realizing that the inevitable had arrived and we all knew that as soon as new year hit new year said that ron rivera was no longer going to be the head coach of the carolina panthers and then it becomes a personal thing hey Can I make these calls around the league? Can I check in on these coaches who may or may not be available? And maybe that funnels back to Ron. Maybe it doesn't. Of course it will because this is a very small fraternity in the NFL. And am I okay with doing that? And some folks are. And honestly, I don't think it's a bad thing if they are okay doing it because that's the business. But David Tepper decided that that's not how he wanted to operate this business. I think Ron Rivera has to understand and appreciate that. I know that he does. And, of course, he goes ahead – he stands up there at the podium. He delivers his job pitch to all the potential new employers, and those include the Dallas Cowboys, the Atlanta Falcons, the Jacksonville Jaguars, potentially the Cleveland Browns, New York Giants, and maybe a surprise team in there like we usually get each year.
0: Last thing for you, David Tepper made clear that he is not closing the door on the idea of a college guy or a defensive guy, but he pretty flatly stated you know he prefers offense over defense he prefers nfl background over college coach when you heard that description who were some of the candidates who came to mind uh, and and in what uh, how would you describe you know the likelihood of this candidate or that candidate that might fit that description
1: so the, the candidate that came to mind was uh, Kevin Stansky, the offensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings, the guy who uh, is, is absolutely, I believe, ready to take on a role. He's an offensive guy uh, with some old school uh, football in him, but obviously leads modern analytics. What he's been able to do with Kirk Cousins uh, has been you know, fantastic this season. Um, and so that's the first name that came to mind. Obviously, there's going to be Eric the Enemy, the offensive coordinator in Kansas City, who um, you know, probably should have gotten more interview opportunities last year. I would not at all be surprised if he comes into Charlotte for an interview. And then in terms of a potential quote unquote retread, you know, you got to look at a Mike McCarthy yep. and, uh, but I will say that also what David Tepper's saying is he's going to add an assistant general manager. He wants a whole bunch of people to work in concert together for the, uh, the, the purpose of winning. And that sounds great in theory. And it works in a lot of places. But in football, just so often, you have a GM and you have a coach and they have their vision and that's kind of that. And really, in the history of football, it gets a lot tougher when you got four or five people all in the same room trying to make that that same decision. And so it's going to be interesting, interesting to see how that plays out. And I say that just because a recruit coach and a guy like Mike McCarthy, who absolutely wants a lot of control and probably deserves a lot of control, may not necessarily like the structure there. And so that's why – you might have to lean toward a younger guy, a guy who has not yet had that opportunity because he doesn't yet know what that could be like. This is his indoctrination into that.
0: His name is Jonathan Jones. Find his work nowadays at cbsports.com where he is Senior NFL Reporter on Twitter. He is at Jay jones 9 Happy holidays to you, man. Always appreciate your time on the David Glenn Show. I appreciate you. You got it. It's Kevin Stefanski, by the way, for those who don't know, he's only 37 years old, the Minnesota Vikings offensive coordinator. He actually interviewed twice for the Cleveland Browns vacancy a year ago. That job, of course, went to Freddie Kitchens, a promotion from within, and that has not worked out very well for the Cleveland Browns. There are reports that the people on the analytics side of the Browns organization we were screaming that Kevin Stefanski of the Vikings was the better choice than promoting Freddie Kitchens from within. So clearly, Kevin Stefanski of the Vikings is that one-step-away guy, right? Sean McVay got his opportunity with the Rams and has done well. Uh, Matt Nagy got his opportunity last year with the Bears and has done well. Kevin Stefanski, only 37 years old, is on that short list. Eric Bieniemy, the Chiefs offensive coordinator, you know the deal there. Some are going to want in Minnesota, Mike Zimmer's a defensive guy, the head coach. So whatever's happening on offense, people are more likely to attribute to the offensive coordinator Kevin Stefanski, and Kirk Cousins has made project progress, and K- Dalvin Cook has been amazing uh, from the running back position. In Kansas City, when Eric Bieniemy puts up great numbers as an offensive coordinator, people wonder, well, how much of that is really Andy Reid, and how much of that is Eric Bieniemy? Uh Mike McCarthy, of course, is uh, the retread former Green Bay Packers coach, but uh, nine playoff bids in 13 years, including a Super Bowl victory, 125 wins and 77 losses for Mike McCarthy. Ron Rivera just got fired despite the best winning percentage in the history of the Carolina Panthers. Mike McCarthy's winning percentage is way better than what Ron Rivera ended on during his time in Charlotte. Greg Roman with the Ravens, 40-something coordinator, uh, and there's a handful of other names worth watching. But Kevin Stefanski would be sort of that young, rising offensive coordinator guru star, 37 years old and has already been down this interview road with other franchises in the past. Long way to go there. Long way to go till our next guest. That means more phone calls in between. Wes Durham of the ACC Network and the voice of the Atlanta Falcons joins us in our third hour. That means the rest of this hour and all of our next hour are for your free-for-all Friday phone calls, 1-800-849-2761 on The David Glenn Show. He's the UVA head basketball coach, Tony Bennett. You always... Believed in us. I guess you were the wind beneath our wings. There you go. How's that? <laughs> Do we but, have uh, background music? That's for that? right. Batmendler, there we go.
1: You are the beneath.
0: Keep it right here on the David Glenn Show. We have callers. It's free for all Friday. Jeff and Clemens once in on college football. Adrian and Durham on the NFL. Still others on college basketball looking back and forward. Duke and State and Carolina and Wake and Louisville and UVA and others. Big football games including right in our backyard. We're coming right back to your free-for-all Friday questions, comments, and complaints. 1-800-849-2761 1-800-849-2761 next. I made a reference to Mike sheshevsky of Duke and his goat status. And I kid you not, I got angry emails. If I really wanted to insult somebody, I would include some kind of sentence about being in the leaping prairie chewing on grass. This is The David Glenn Show.